Good morning and welcome to the Parent Page Podcast, the podcast where we bring all the crazy from your kid's college parent page offline and give you the straight story from inside the ivory tower of a college campus. I'm Leslie Zox. And I'm Mindy Horwitz. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. How's your week been, Mindy? My week was a little crazy, but I think I'm like a um, broken record. I think I say that every week. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much just the standard <laughs> at this point. I Every week when we sit down to record, I think to myself... Um, you know, what am I going to come up to talk about? And it's just, it could not be easier to come up with topics. It's just a constant rat race. I'm sure it's no different than anybody else's life. So anything happened interesting with you this week? Um, well, actually, yeah, I was, uh, everybody, as most people probably remember, I live on a college campus and I, um, most of the mundane things I do from a day-to-day basis occur on a college campus, which I think um, is kind of unusual. A lot of people um, in our position as parents of college students think of being on their child's college campus is kind of a rare event. For me, it is literally a day-to-day experience. Right. Taking out the trash on the college campus, walking the dog on the college campus, right. parking the car on the college campus, all of these super boring, mundane things I'm doing on a college campus. Um, but the other morning I was actually running, you know, jogging in the morning as I often do uh, across campus uh, from the park. And I noticed since it's April and we have a lot of people visiting campus right now, um, that the admissions office was very busily putting up. I mean, the campus looks amazing. Like you never saw a campus look better than the month of April when <laughs> students are trying to make their college decisions. But the admissions office was bus- busily putting up all of the signage for hashtag University 2022 um, to welcome students and give them an opportunity to take a really fun photo in front of buildings and things like that. It was really cute. And I remember from last year, all these same signs going up and it's just a really exciting time. But the person I saw out there actually physically setting up the signs was our vice pro, right, vice provost of admissions oh. for our actual university. Uh. <laughs> and I was oh. like, I can't believe she's the one actually over there unloading and what is happening right now? Stars. They're just like <laughs> us. They're just like us. This is the woman who just made, you know, something like 1,500 18-year-olds' dreams come true by and admitting them to this university. I crushed about 10,000. Oh, 10,000? No, more like 40. A lot. A lot of people. Anyway, she's just out there like a normal person trying to set up her signs and do her job. And she, So I stopped and I asked her if I could take her photo because I knew who she was. And um, when I finished taking her photo, I said... Um, actually, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a parent at this university, and I'm on the parent page. Do you mind if I post this picture of you setting up these signs? I think it's really fun for parents to see this kind of stuff going on. And she looked at me, and she said, you're that parent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I was like, she said, you're the one who lives here. No. Are you? You're that parent. Like, she couldn't remember my name, but she's like, oh, I know who you are. Oh. She was, and she was smiling. She was really friendly about it. I was like, I, I said, I think we're talking about the same thing. And yes, I am that parent. And she laughed and she said, yeah, go ahead and post the picture. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're and that parent. I knew that parent. And I thought to myself, I should tell her that, you know, I've got another kid applying in a few years, but you know, when someone calls you that parent, that's probably not the time to call attention to <laughs> that you have a child coming along. I can't believe she knew exactly who you were. She knew exactly who I was. That's great. On one hand, I was like, hey, look at me. On the other hand, I was a little like, I don't know if this is good or bad. Like, I honestly was like, 
Well, maybe she was referring to the nice article that was written about you in the local. Maybe. Who knows? But, I mean, she could not have been nicer, honestly. Like, we had a we had a laugh together, which was a relief. But at, at the same time, I was like, okay, have a good day. Oh, my gosh. Bye. That's, well, so, so, so admissions are right here. Yeah. Simultaneously, tomorrow, my husband and my youngest son are flying to, I don't even know where they're flying. They're Some going place. somewhere. This somewhere. is the plight of the third child, Mindy. Correct. They're flying somewhere tomorrow <laughs> to look at a at something at a second school that he's considering for an ED. Uh huh. So if you pick it as an ED, if you want to pick an ED, then chances are you want to see it before you select. Uh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're going tomorrow. They're yeah. coming back on Monday for a real quick trip. Well, I would bet that it's probably a fifty-fifty if he thinks it's his. I, 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 you know, a kid coming back from a trip like that may or may not. Want to want to make ED. a comment, a full on commitment, huge commitment, right? Um, so, <laughs> I just think it's lovely that you're like they're going somewhere to look at something. Somewhere it's on the East Coast. I don't know, but I'm sure it'll be great. And I, and <laughs> and they want me to come with them, and I said I really don't have time to go. Tomorrow. Yeah, like I I yeah. have something else going on. I have I, I can't go, but I promise you that if this is the school that you want to ED to, I will support it. I yeah. will. You have I will buy into blessing. it. I promise. I'm not. I, yeah. I but won't I second guess it. But I don't need to fly there and see it. I think you two got it. Yep. So they're going tomorrow. That is such a good thing for parents to hear because a lot of students, as it turns out, show up on our campus. I've talked to many students who've shown up on our campus never having even visited once. Right. Like they pick it off a website right. Or, right. Or, or a recruiter comes and finds them or it happens. Did I ever tell you my... I can't remember if I told you the story. What story? I have a friend. Her roommate, Her she went to college on the East Coast. One of those like mid-sized schools. Her roommate, this was many years ago. I mean, 30 years ago. But I guess her, her roommate did the whole college visit, um, spring break trip, her mm-hmm. junior year mm-hmm. in high school. And they saw 12 schools on the East Coast. Right. And they all blur together. They all blur. Did I tell you this? Uh-uh. So she said, this is the one. I picked my school. I know what it is. And she made a decision to ED there. Well, when she got to school, (gasps) she said, this wasn't what I picked. Oh, my God. She remembered wrong. She had seen so many schools that she got confused. And she picked the... I I don't even know what to say. But she... The whole, guess what? She was fine. She She's loved fine. it. Oh, good. She loved it. It was fine. Well, when we're done recording, you're going to have to tell me what these schools were because now I'm dying to know. I, it like, was, I, it was, <laughs> and then I worked out. And you end up a B. Can you imagine? You say, I love X and you're actually going to Y. The thing is, is that that is absolutely something I would have done at that age <laughs> and probably at this age. Like right. for real, I would have absolutely done something like it that. It gets a little overwhelming. Yeah. All the choices. Absolutely. Well, and it also speaks to, and I I know we try to stay out of the college admissions conversation, but it does speak to the fact that, you know, there's no one Shangri-La place for anybody. And it's all a matter of what you do once you get there. A hundred percent. I always say don't get, yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, what do we got going on this week, Mindy? Big topic. So as always, I am super excited about our guest this week. Leslie, you want to fill us in on what we're discussing? Yeah. So this week, we're actually going to wade into a pretty heavy, heavy topic. And for this, we had to go out and find some real qualified help. Um, We thought it would be a great idea for us to spend an episode discussing with parents how to tee up the transition in your child's 
mental health plan from living at home to going away to college and what um, what they can do as part of a preparation plan to ensure that that transition takes place. Um, as you know, most parents know that they can't be there on a day-to-day basis to take the mental health temperature of their students every single day. They are forced to transition some of the care and maintenance of mental health exclusively over to their child. And there are resources available on campuses to help that transition take place. But there's um, a lot of anxiety that takes, um, that takes hold of families when they know that that transition is occurring. And uh, we thought it would be a great idea to bring in somebody super knowledgeable to help talk about what this transition is like for families and some things that they can do to plan and prepare so that it goes smoothly. Great. And since we're not mental health experts, we know we are not. <laughs> We brought in, we're bringing in the best of the best. We've invited Dr. Andy Pomerantz to join us. Welcome, Andy. Welcome, Andy. Thanks for having me. Andy Pomerantz, PhD, is a licensed clinical psychologist who works with adult, teen, and child clients on a variety of psychological disorders and such issues as self-esteem, personal growth, relationships, and adjustment. He He earned his BA in psychology from Washington University in St. Louis and his MS and PhD in clinical psychology from St. Louis University. He completed his pre-doctoral internship at the Indiana School of Medicine Psychology Consortium. He served two terms as president of the Psychotherapy uh, St. Louis. He is also professor of psychology and director of the clinical psychology graduate program at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, SIUE. He has authored two textbooks. He literally wrote the book. for introductory psychology and clinical psychology courses, and dozens of articles in professional journals. He has presented his research at the annual conferences of the American Psychological Association, Midwestern Psychological Association, and National Institute on the Teaching of Psychology. We are thrilled to have you here today. Welcome, Andy. This is so exciting. Thanks again for having me. I I appreciate the opportunity. Um, So Dr. Pomerantz, uh, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Uh, this is a big topic um, that our college campuses are really struggling with mental health, both in terms of providing resources to students and students arriving already with considerable issues that they've been um, working on at home for many years. What are some of the most common psychological or behavioral struggles that uh, parents might see during this particular time leading up to when they are preparing to leave home for the first time? Um, yeah, I, I appreciate the question. Um, there, are, there are lots of things that parents might see, and I'll, I'll run through um, a few of them. Uh, but let me, let me start by saying that, that um, some kind of uh, behavioral changes or psychological struggles are to be expected. In other words, I wouldn't want parents to, uh, to become overly alarmed or start to panic when, if they see their kids um, you know, struggling with that adjustment as the as the as the uh, as the clock starts to starts to um, starts to uh, wind down on their pre-college uh, time, and they start to approach uh, college. So, so I'll, I'll list a, I'll list a lot of things that the kids may go through. But again, none of these, or I should say, none of these, not all of these are 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 cause for alarm in parents. Um, so, one one thing that I think is relatively common in um, in young people at around this time is kind of a, a, a wide range of maturity. Uh, in other words, these, um, these are people who are, you know, 
trans it's, it's they're entering probably the biggest transition period of their lives where they're ending high school or if they've taken taken a gap year or some time off ending that time period and entering into college they're, they're approaching that and that can be a very um uh, intimidating uh scary period for them it can also be an exciting period for them so their maturity might might waver a lot you might see some uh, some unusually immature behavior, you know, kids, kids acting a little bit younger than they've acted before, um, maybe being clingier uh, toward parents or toward other people in their lives, clinging to them um, more than they had uh, previously, um, maybe asking for things to be done for them um, that they're perfectly capable of doing themselves, kind of a, a little bit of a re regressing back to an earlier age. Mm. You might also see kids, even the same kids in some cases, act particularly mature, sort of step up, if you know what I mean, and, and start to act in a much more adult kinds of ways. So um, I, I guess overall, there's a there's kind of a, a, a broadening of that range of maturity that parents might see in their kids. They might act, the same kid, in fact, might act um, a little immature in certain moments uh, and then strikingly mature in other moments. Um, again, trying to struggle with like, am I, am I ready to go to college? Um, or am I, am I not so ready to go to college? And as their answer wavers, their maturity, um, can, can waver a little bit too. Um, another, another, um, uh, another thing that is relatively common, another experience is relatively common for, for kids around this time in their lives is struggling with the current relationships they have. So let's say we're talking about a student who's in their senior year of high school. They, they might be a little stressed out about how to manage um, their friendships or the dating relationships that they have going on now. Um, and in some cases, they may, um, they may intentionally put a little bit of distance between themselves and, and the other people in their lives to kind of make the, the, the break a little bit easier, to make the, the goodbye a little bit easier, um, maybe cause some, um, cause some conflict or just sort of fade out of friendships or relationships. In other cases, they may be um, they may they may really intensify those relationships and try to squeeze everything they can out of those last months or weeks that they've got with those friends. Um, so, you know, if parents see that, if they see changes in one direction or another in the, the current relationships, friendships, dating relationships that, the, that their kids have, um, I think that's um, understandable. Certainly, um, you know, there are some more sort of serious issues that can come up. Uh, with kids this age, uh, or at this stage in their lives, um, there can be a whole lot of anxiety on, on the kids' part. Um, anxiety, of course, is kind of a forward-looking experience. They're looking ahead and thinking, uh, am I going to be able to handle what, what college throws at me? Am I going to be able to handle it academically, socially, um, uh, pragmatically, in every other way? How am I, am I, am I going to be able to handle that? Um, in many cases, they're, they are um, anxious about their, their anxiety is pretty realistic. Like they have a pretty realistic sense of what's coming in college. In other cases, they don't. They're, they're going off of misinformation or they just sort of filled in the blanks for themselves about what college is going to entail and they become anxious about that. So if parents see that, if parents see um, uh, their kids behaving with more anxiety, um, maybe even having uh, uh, panic attacks from time to time, um, if they deal with that anxiety by... Um, by turning to uh, alcohol, other drugs, um, if they experience physical symptoms of anxiety, stomach problems, those kinds of things, that's again, if parents see that, I think that's a that's an understandable reaction by their kids to this stressful transition time. 
depression in some cases uh, can take place. Depression is more past looking uh, than anxiety is, but you know, when kids get to this, get to this stage and they're looking back on their pre-college years, their high school years, they're often sort of evaluating like how, you know, what do I think about the life I lived um, up to this point? And uh, if they have uh, regrets, missed opportunities, uh, things along those lines, anything they might be sad about, that, that those feelings can, can intensify, that sort of depressive uh, feeling can intensify around that time. Um, and there could be other psychological problems too, besides anxiety and depression. Um, whatever psychological problems kids have been experiencing up to that point can intensify oftentimes when this, when this transition period, uh, the moving into college, it's so, um, you know, obviously if the anxiety or depression or, um, or uh, other psychological problems is intense and really disruptive and really problematic, it's, it's time to take some action. Um, but to some extent, some anxiety in a, in a mild way, some depression in a mild way, and maybe some exacerbation of other psychological disorders is to be expected around this time. Got it. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. So I know, I know for my son, he didn't think about college until the day he got there. And I know that other people, and then it was like a deer in headlights. Some kids probably, some students probably start thinking about it a lot earlier. I'm sure there's a whole range. But can you help us to understand um, what kinds of, um, what we can do to minimize the mental health struggles at when, once they get to school? Yeah. Andy, what we're finding on our campus is that a lot of students are arriving on campus already with a pretty sophisticated vocabulary to describe their mental health because so many students have been working very actively on their mental health for years before they even arrive. I'm really interested in understanding what kind of conversation needs to take place between parent and student months before they leave for college that would better ensure a smooth transition and ownership and agency on the part of the student towards managing their mental health once they arrive on campus? It's a great question. Well, I think the ownership and agency on the part of the student, that, that the last phrase that you, that you included in that question is, is the key to the whole thing. Um, uh, because they are, you know, when they go to college, they are gonna be functioning as young adults. And kids who've been working on mental health issues for, for the years prior to that, Parents have had, um, in, in a legal sense and also in a, in a developmental sense, parents have had every right to be involved in a, in a, in a, in a um, perhaps a serious way. Um, that the, the, tr the transition such that kids are, are, are taking ownership of their own mental health issues is, is super important for everybody involved. Um, parents have to recognize that. And in many cases, that requires parents to, to essentially to back off um, and trust that their kids will make good choices, um, uh, uh, trust that their kids may not um, share as much with the parents about what's going on in their lives. Um, and of course, the, the parents can, can you know, continue to, to love and care for their kids and, and stay involved, but um, ultimately sort of defer to the kids. That is a... Um, I, actually, I should when I say defer to the kids, I should probably say defer to their young adults who are now um, uh, college students. Um, that can be a tough transition for parents, um, and that um, you know we're talking about parents here who who love their kids and have been involved in every aspect of their kids' lives, including their mental health um, uh, uh, issues, 
for a long time. I don't know that the, that the parents need to, to quit cold turkey, if you know what I mean, but they need to start deferring to the parent, to the um, to their young adult children, um, rather than feeling like they can kind of take over and kind of run the show mm-hmm. as far as their, their kids' mental health uh, um, uh, issues are concerned. So that's, that's a huge part of it. Um, also, the kid needs to be encouraged to step up. You know, kids who've, who've had uh, a parent sort of handle those things for them, uh, handle in a pragmatic way, like finding a therapist and mm-hmm. s- scheduling the appointments and setting the agenda for the appointments, like what should be talked about, um, those kinds of things. Um, that's totally appropriate when a kid is younger, but by the time the kid is, is heading off into college, it should be occurring to the kid, I should be doing that stuff. Like I, I, I'm perfectly capable of, of um, uh, and maybe with some help, but I, I should take the lead in perhaps finding a therapist, in um, scheduling the appointments, in deciding how best to use that time with the therapist, what to talk about, what to, um, what to focus on, that kind of thing. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not talking about a, a black and white sort of, sort of switch here. We're not, we're not making a, a sudden uh, complete switch, but, uh, but so conversations that sort of begin that, that transition to the kid having more responsibility for their own lives and their own mental health issues is really important. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't know that there is some sort of perfect script to follow for conversations like this. Like I don't, I wouldn't suggest that, I mean, you know, every family is different. Every relationship between the parent and child is different. There's not some, some script that parents can read and, and to their kid and, 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 and feel like they've, they've sort of handled this mental health transition. But it's the attitude. It's the, it, the parents coming in with this attitude like, like um, that, that communicates in one way or another. I recognize that you are now old enough to handle this and, and honestly should bear some responsibility for this, if not the majority of the responsibility. And I recognize that it's time for me to, to perhaps back off more than I have uh, when we were younger. If that attitude comes through in that conversation, um, uh, starting from the parent's point of view, um, uh, I think that can be really um, beneficial uh, to the kid. Uh, sort of a handoff, like, okay, like time for you to start taking the lead here. I think that, I think that can be beneficial with this mental health issue that we're talking about specifically. Might also generalize a little bit, like sort of, wake kids wake some kids up to the idea like oh yeah i guess i i should be kind of taking over this and maybe some other areas of my life as opposed to re- relying on my my parent to, to take care of it for me yeah, um that's really... yeah so that's what that's what occurs to me in, as far as those kinds of conversations are concerned that's a great those are great suggestions i know there's not a universal like you said there's no script on this but are Checklist there, or, there yeah, right there's not but are there some resources that are available on every campus that students should seek out when they get there? Yeah. Any suggestions on Proactively that? Proactively before crisis hits, right? Yeah. Stuff? Yeah. yeah. And again, par- parents can certainly help with this. Yeah. Um, uh, but between the parents and the kids, uh, there are some of the resources that they might want to check out before they even get to campus or at, soon after they get to campus include um, the, the College Counseling Center. There's usually some version of a, of a counseling center or counseling service. Um, on college campuses, they they vary quite a bit in terms of how they operate. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have longer waiting lists than others, so parents and kids should not presume that they'll be able to immediately get an appointment at the college counseling center if um, if they if they uh, if they you know, at the time that it's necessary. So there may be um, they may have to wait weeks or, or even longer than that to, to get an appointment. So 
finding that out ahead of time, like you know, checking out the the college uh, the, the college counseling center's website, um, talking to to others, uh, uh, maybe. Uh, parents or, or students who've been at the university for a while and have a little inside information about how the counseling center actually works can help with that. Um, what the counseling center treats, uh, what are there particular counselors at the counseling center who specialize in the areas that the, that the, the kid uh, struggles in? Um, uh, um, how often can a person be seen at the college counseling center? In some cases, they're, it's once a week at the most, once every two weeks at the most, depending on the university. Um, how many sessions total are available at the counseling center? So these are all um, questions that are um, that, that would be beneficial to find out, you know, uh, pre-need, if you know what I mean, like yeah. ahead of the time. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of other resources that that, that people can that families can check out ahead of time. They can um, uh, see w- which private practice therapists are are around in the area. Are there are there certain ones that 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 might be best suited for this for this particular um, young adult. By the way, sometimes the counseling center can help with that. Sometimes the counseling center can help. Ref- they often have a, a network of, um, of external referrals, as they might call them, just people, therapists out in the community that they might be able to refer to. Um, uh, yeah, so, um, so those are some of the options that are available. Oh, I should also mention some universities have some kind of a peer-to-peer counseling service where the um, the, the kid could talk to other college students. Um, in some universities, the RA, uh, the resident advisor in a dorm, serves a little bit of that of that function. Um, and you know, when when the when the student is seeking help from another college student, there are obviously going to be limitations to what that college student can provide. But it can be a nice um, they can provide a nice service sometimes, or it can be a nice transition to more to, to services from a more um, qualified professional. That's great, fantastic. Um, I want to change topic a tiny bit. A lot of, I think a lot of, we, a lot of us have a lot of nostalgia about our time in college and, um, we, we refer back to it as the best four years of our lives. Um, and, and I, I, how do you feel? Um, is that, is that a good, is that, how do you feel about teeing our kids up with, with the expectation that the next four years are going to be the best four years of their lives? Um, I, I think it, I'd be cautious about doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can, um, set an expectation that, um, that if it is not fulfilled and if it is not consistently fulfilled, kids can feel like they're missing out. Um, if it's going to be the best four years of their lives and let it be the best four years of their lives and, and let them experience that. But to, to, um, it depends on the kid, of course, but some kids might see that as a, um, almost like an assignment, if you know what I mean. Like I am supposed to be thriving and living this joyous life every day at college. And I just don't know that it actually, I do know that it doesn't work out that way for every student. Um, so, um, I'm not, I'm not saying you should do the opposite. I'm not saying you should send your kids off to college saying, Hey, this is going to be miserable and full of stress and, 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 um, psychological struggles don't say that either but to to um to promise them that it that it promise or predict or lead them to expect that this is that these four years are just going to be the greatest years of their lives um again i think it's i think it can at least for a lot of kids set up an expectation that they will uh, and there's a just 
they'll feel a discrepancy between the day-to-day life they're actually living and this grand expectation. And again, like I said, if, if it's going to be the best four years of their lives, then just let it happen. And right. I don't think the expectation needs to be set ahead of time. One thing that I've noticed since I became part of our on-campus community is this um, subtle expectation on the part of some parents that, I, for want of a better phrase, that college is some sort of a mental health spa. I don't know how else to describe this, that students are, are um, going to be served, their mental health is going to be significantly tended to and served by the university of their choice. And um, this uh, cynicism on my part has actually transitioned a little bit. And I too now have gone from being kind of cynical about that expectation to understanding that students are showing up with considerable mental health challenges on day one. And universities cannot expect a huge percentage of these students to function productively in the community without greater mental health support. So. Um, I really appreciate the fact that we're that we're talking about this. Um, but one thing that I think is important for us to um, put into a bit of a perspective for parents is, you know, obviously there's a difference between a student who's just having a crummy day or a crummy few days um, and real red flags that as a dis- at a distance, parents, you know, might try to be mindful of. Um, can you think of things that, uh, you've seen in, in your experience, um, that, you know, should send signals to parents that a student might be headed for some kind of crisis? Uh, I can list some red flags, but I do want to emphasize what you mentioned in the question there, that, that, um, there are lots of bumps in the road that takes, that take place. There are lots of, uh, bad days or a stretch of bad days, and not all of those are, are a cause for panic. Um, it is part of normal life, part of normal college life to experience those ups and downs, the downs in particular, um, in, in those ups and downs. So uh, it is really important for parents not to overreact and not to not to catastrophize when their kids have, have uh, minor mental health struggles. But you're asking about more major, what are the signs for of more major health struggles? And, and that does happen. And parents should be aware of, of, of that. Um, uh, big changes in the way the kid is, uh, is living their lives. So big changes in their, um, uh, how they're handling their academics, like their grades just drop way off or they stop doing homework or they miss exams or they, um, they don't turn in big assignments. Um, uh, big changes in their social life, um, especially if they've been, um, if they've had a relatively stable, and you know, social life changes a lot in college. Um, kids move through different friends and different dating relationships, but um, big overhauls in who a kid is hanging out with, um, uh, big shifts from this friend group to that friend group, uh, big changes in their dating relationship, uh, drop-offs socially, so dro- dropping off in terms of the amount of social activity, going from going from being socially active to being much more isolated and not really talking to, to people or going out with people very often. Um, physical change, physical problems can often um, go hand in hand with psychological problems. So if there are, if there's a sudden increase in stomach aches, headaches, um, other sorts of uh, aches and pains, um, an exacerbation of some, in, some pre-existing medical condition that can't be explained in some other way, uh, that can be a red flag. Um, 
in some cases, kids being um, unusually non-responsive to their parents, um, uh, like never returning texts, never returning phone calls, refusing to talk to them, refusing to, to have um, uh, video conference or Zoom uh, interactions with them. Uh, those can be a bad sign. And again, parents should expect the kids to, to push them away at least a little. Um, but when it's when it's severe, uh, when it's exaggerated, that can be a uh, a red flag. Um, yeah, those are some of the big red flags that, that occur to me. Yeah, this has been very helpful, and I I suspect we'll probably come back to some some of these topics again in future ep- episodes. And I I suspect you'll be hearing from us <laughs> when we're ready. <laughs> Um, but I know that you have gone through this gauntlet of sending children to college twice yourself. You have a kid who's getting ready to graduate and one who graduated already. Um, and, you know, both as a, a professional, but also as a parent, you're in a terrific position to give some of our new parents a few words of encouragement and advice, um, some of whom, you know, are sending a child off for the very first time. Uh, what, you know, what few things would you just say to give everybody the confidence that they need to, to just jump right into this next phase of their relationship? Yeah, I, I can think of a few things. Um, one is that I, I would want to, I would want to tell those parents, um, that, that some degree of anxiety about their kids going off to college is totally normal. Uh, I would hate for a parent to think that they are experiencing this anxiety while all the other parents are just like breezing through this transition and everything's great. And, and um, sometimes, especially social media can make it look that way. Um, uh, parents can look at other parents' posts on social media and think like, oh, well, look how look how smoothly and happily it's going for all these other families. Um, I think it's very normal, typical, um, common for, for parents to, to struggle with this, um, with the anxiety of sending their kids off to college and, and all that that um, signifies, not just literally sending their kids off to college, but it's a big transition for parents too, to the next, to the next phase of their lives. Um, this is sort of a, a symbol in many ways of that. So I don't know if, for, for, if parents are feeling some anxiety around that time, it seems totally expected and normal. To me. Welcome to the party. So that's what, that, <laughs> sorry. I said, welcome to the party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the next, the next thing I would mention to those parents is that uh, is to remind them um, of all of the strengths and assets and um, capabilities that their kid has. Um, sometimes, as parents, I think our perception of our kids can sort of lag behind the reality that we, we may see them as as we may. Uh, remember them as younger kids who were less capable and more dependent and, and needed us a lot more. But odds are you are sending off to college a young adult who is quite capable um, and who is uh, perhaps more resilient, uh, more resourceful uh, than you've than you've given them credit for, uh, more resilient and resourceful than perhaps you've directly witnessed because when they're around you, they're around their parents. So if you give them a chance to sort of um, uh, manage their own lives and, and, um, and succeed in those ways, um, it, it might be quite doable. Um, so don't, I guess what I'm saying is don't underestimate your kid. They, they may be quite capable of handling things. Uh, and then third, 
Um, in the moments when they're not, in the moments when, when things may get a little overwhelming for the kid and they're not entirely able to, to handle things, um, there is, uh, it, it is, this varies a little from one family to another, but there's some safety net in place. They've got you to fall back on as a parent. The university's full of resources. They've got friends that, they've, that they will be able to maintain um, from high school in their earlier years. They're gonna make new friends at college. Um, uh, uh, there are people who care about them. Uh, there are resources out, out there that are available to them to help. So it's not, um, they're not, you know, they're not operating without a net, if you know what I'm saying. There's, there's a, there is a safety net there. There is help available if kids, um, struggle and kids often do struggle in college and they get through it. They get help. They get help. They, they, they find ways of coping and, um, um, and uh, and they 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 manage their lives. They 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 steer themselves through these difficult um, difficult passages of, of college. So um, that's important for parents to keep in mind. I think that is just a wonderful way for us to cap off our first season of the Parent Page podcast with that wonderful um, advice about just trust and um, encouraging and watching your student thrive as a result. I think that's really wonderful, Andy. And I wanna thank you so much for joining us today. We can't, this is, we can't cover these topics by ourselves and we really rely on experts like you to help us contextualize them. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, it's been great. Thank you so much. And this caps off another exciting installment of the Parent Page Podcast. I'm Leslie Zox. I'm Mindy Horwitz. And as usual, your kids are fine. They're just fine. Everything's fine. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Dr. Pomerantz. Bye-bye. Bye. The Parent Page Podcast is brought to you with sound editing from Jeff Easton. You can communicate with Mindy and Leslie through email at theparentpagepodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your questions suggested topics for discussion, or notes from the parent pages in your life. Join us next time, and we promise to keep working to help with the parent page crazy and help make sense of it all. And remember, the kids are fine. Everything's fine. The Parent Page Podcast is brought to you with sound editing from Jeff Easton. You can communicate with Mindy and Leslie through email at theparentpagepodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your questions, suggested topics for discussion, or notes from the parent pages in your life. Join us next time, and we promise to keep working to help with the parent page crazy and help make sense of it all. And remember, the kids are fine. Everything's fine.